the health journey is all it is, is a trial and error. I think we get so stuck in doing the right and wrong things that it just, it just like destabilizes us. And it's just trying this, seeing how this works. How does your body feel in this? Hey, if it doesn't feel good here, let's, let's tweak it and try, try this. And like, just keep continuing to do that along the way with the intention of healing your body or with the intention of supporting your journey, supporting your body in that. I think we just, we've got to be a little bit more flexible in our thinking and, and what we are willing to, to try and, and not try, or, you know, really not get stuck in what diet worked for for your best friend Mm -hmm. and it's not working for you. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Lessa Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, be it listener. What is up? Okay. So I just love, I love the way the world works. I love how you can meet people and have conversations with people and learn something you never knew you'd have. And I don't think we do that enough. So if you are feeling stuck, if you are feeling alone, if you are feeling like, uh, uninspired, I want you to have a conversation with someone you don't know. I want you to ask them questions. So if you're like, how do I do that? I'm so scared. I'm an introvert. Look at the local meetups. Look at Eventbrite. Look at like um, uh, opportunities that are happening for a networking situation. And then you're going to find someone who makes eye contact with you and you're going to smile at them. And then you're just going to ask them questions. You don't have to ask. You don't have to say anything. You can just ask them questions. Like think 40 year old virgin, just like ask a question. If you don't just say, ask a question. And the reason is, People do like to talk about themselves, but also you're going to learn something about somebody. And I think we underestimate how inspiring it can be to learn another person's story and what they're going through. And even if it may be not inspiring, but maybe you feel seen and feeling seen is something that we all truly, truly want. And so my next guest for you this week is Amy Denson, and I am really excited for you to hear her story. And I want you to listen to her story because maybe you don't have this story. Like maybe you weren't this like professional and like women's basketball player. Um, I certainly wasn't, but as I listened to her story, I thought about my health story and I thought about some of the health stories of people who have listened to the show and written in. And I, truly think that a lot of times we think we're alone and this is only happening to us. And I know for myself, when I started actually sharing my story about my stomach, I started finding out how many people had stomach issues. And I wish I had started talking about earlier. It was embarrassing. That's why I didn't want to, but I wouldn't have felt alone. And so as you listen to today's interview, I really want you to hear her story and see yourself in it. And I, I really am excited for you to hear what she's up to, what she's excited about next. Um, how she got on this mission that she's on. And also, of course, you know, I love those be it action items and hers are really cool and they're going to challenge you in the best ways. So after this message, here's Amy. Hey, be it listener. It's time. It's time to get your full body in 15. That's right. The registration doors have opened for our second 
backed by popular demand full body in 15 program. So it is a full body workout in 15 minutes. Um, this is for you if you have access to a mat and you are anywhere from what is Pilates to, oh my gosh, Pilates, I really need to get back into that. <laughs> <laughs> or somewhere in between. You know, the truth is we want to make sure that there is a program for our mat lovers out there. Those of you who really want to get into a consistent workout, you don't have a lot of time and you also want to make sure you're doing it right. So in this week-long program, you have access to me and the OPC teachers. We have three live workouts for you where I'll actually answer all of your questions. I'll teach about habits. I'll teach you how to do each one of the exercises on your own to be your own teacher at the end of the week, you have a 15-minute workout you have to take with you wherever you're going. You'll also have the foundations to up-level into longer Pilates workouts wherever you are. So go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash beit15. That's onlinepilatesclasses.com slash beit15. See you there. All right, Viet listeners, I have a very special, special guest, Amy Denson here. Um, Amy has an incredible story. I've, I'm really excited for you to hear it because... I think it's really easy to think, um, well, it must be easy for them, but I've got these things going on, or I have this setback or this obstacle. And we can kind of let those obstacles become just like a reason to not do something. And Amy mm -hmm. is certainly not letting that happen. So I'm excited for you to be inspired by her and hear how she did it. So Amy, tell everyone who you are and how you got here. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here and to meet you. Um, so my story is, you know, as all of ours probably could go on forever. Um, but I, I grew up playing basketball and I always knew that in my heart, that was what I was supposed to do. And I, you know, felt most in my skin and confident and as a pretty tall, broad shouldered, strong young woman who did not fit in, in any other <laughs> scene, um, basketball was really home for me. Um, I, you know, received a full ride scholarship to Arizona State University. We did some amazing things there. We 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 created history there. We were the first team to uh, make it into the Sweet Sixteen tournament of the NCAA tournament. Um, Whoa, that's in, an yeah, insane so was, journey. Yeah, yes, and it was really cool because we had a really young team. So for the majority of my career, I got to play with the same people, which is very very special. That's um, incredible. Yeah. And then after I graduated, I just wasn't done and I signed with an agent and then I ended up playing overseas professionally for eight years. Um, so I played in Puerto Rico for four seasons. I played in Australia for three years. Um, I played in Poland, Romania, and Spain. And what so, a life. Like yeah. how cool. I So when we moved to Las Vegas there, um, mm -hmm. I mean, LA had a WNBA team, but I'm not going to downtown. So, but the Las Vegas team is like a the short aces. stint. Yeah, the Aces. Yeah. It's a short stint down the street, actually, from yeah. where I live, like really close. And my dad and I um, would go, we'd like, oh, hey, there's a game today. Let's go. And it was, Brad came and it was so fun. We get, we actually probably get the worst seats in the house that most people think, but like, it's just the side of this, of the, the of the basket. So it's like all the action is there the whole game. Yeah. It's like so fun. That's Those so women awesome. are amazing. I mean, yeah. as were you, but like, it's kind of crazy. I don't think people realize that no. so many female basketball players spend most of their life playing for multiple teams at the same time and around the world. Like you're, they're not making yeah. NBA wages, which is really annoying. No. And that's the thing. Yeah. And so really the WNBA, I mean, it's, you know, still probably the best league in the world, but 
women make their money overseas. Mm. Um, and so unless, you know, do get some sponsorships here as well as your pay, you know, if you do have WNBA on your resume, you can make pretty decent money overseas and overseas is much different as far as like really even support wise for women. And I don't think that women, um, even young women in college understand, maybe they do more so now, but when I was in college, how many opportunities there are to play at, at a next level. And yeah, sometimes, I mean, there's just so many different options. Maybe that just means you get paid, you know, a little bit extra, but you get your room and board and, you know, a couple of meals, but you, you're basically traveling for free, right? You're seeing the world for free. I was able to make a pretty decent wage. Um, and I, you know, really kind of moved up the ranks and played in some really amazing conferences against some really amazing athletes. And I think, you know, people may not like to, you know, I think put the women's game down quite a bit as far as pace and athleticism and all that kind of stuff. But I, I don't think people understand the amount of effort it takes to be professional at anything. Yeah. Right? No, I and don't then you think add so. anything physical in there. Um, and yeah, physical is a huge part of it, but the, once you're at a professional level, it's the mental game, right? It's an emotional game. It's, it's, you know, the battle to how do I, how do I beat my opponent? That's probably just as good or better than me. You right. Know? So, that might, that you might end up being right. on a team with at another, <laughs> another right. time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was a beautiful experience. I actually, I really miss traveling like to my core right now. Mm. Um, I just, I lived out of a suitcase and had a laptop for eight years and it just was the most amazing experience. It was hard and it was isolating at times, especially yeah. with language barriers, but I got to get paid and travel in my gift for my gift. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was so blessed because I got to live out my first dream. Yeah. And I don't know how many people can really, you know, say that when, as you're growing up and it's just something that I always knew that I was going to do. And it was, there was no doubt or question in my mind. Yeah. I think that, thank you for saying that. Cause I do think a lot of people make sacrifices or they think, okay, I went to college and I got to do this. I got to go be a grown up. And like, you know, you are one of the few people who's like, you know, I'm going to keep doing my passion. And, and yeah, it's, it's not making you the money that's going to like, put a house on the ground or anything like that, but it did allow you to see the world and experience the highs and the lows from that. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I cut you off in your story. Like what, what made you leave? Did you just like mm -hmm. injure out? Did you age out? Did you get yeah. tired of what was that? What was the next step? I, I don't know why, but I always had it in my mind that I would probably retire by a, around age 30. And, um, I was really, I was just kind of burnt out. I was really tired. I'd been playing year round for a long time. Um, I just needed a break more, more so emotionally and mentally. Um, and I also was, um, getting into a serious relationship with my best friend who is my, now my husband. Um, and I just felt in my heart, it was time. Yeah. And so when I came back to the United States, it was, it was so hard because I hadn't lived here for eight years. I couldn't get a job. Nobody would look at my professional history as a job. So mm. it looked like to them, I had, unless they had a sports background, like I had graduated college and then I just showed back up when I was, you know, 30. That's so, so was, interesting. That yeah. I would, it was just, I never would have thought about that. Like it would be, so it's like your resume like doesn't start. And so they're like, we have no experience except for that right. you've like so much experience, like what it takes to be right. on a team, what it takes to win a game. Like, you know, like you're right. Unless they yeah. know sports, they don't see a talent skill set yeah. there. And mm. so there was like a major, major identity 
crisis, you know, I didn't really understand or know how to introduce myself without saying, hi, I'm Amy. I play professional basketball. It was, it was just everything, you know, it was my pride. It was my joy. It was everything. And so to now really kind of step back and, and not only not be acknowledged for that effort, um, but really have to start over, not only like career-wise, but for my for myself, like who am I without basketball? Yeah, which was very hard, and I knew it was going to be hard to retire, but I did not know how hard it was going to be. I didn't know, I didn't realize the grieving process I would have. Yeah, and so it, I just kind of floated around. I got my personal training certification because I thought, well, this is obviously the next thing. I still <laughs> want to be active. You know, I don't know what to do, and. Um, but you know what? All I see is like, of course, like who wouldn't want to train with like, I mean, I want to work out. Let's work out together. Yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to train with a WNBA player or or a women's basketball player? Like I, like that would be a great calling card. (laughs) I mean, you'd have to want to do it. So how, so you went and got your training and how did that go? It went okay. Um, it was just, it was just a hard time. It was Mm -hmm. a really hard time. It was a rough transition for a couple of years. I ended up landing in a, a college coaching position uh, mm-hmm. for a small division one uh, college in, in Oregon. And I thought, well, duh, this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> and um, I actually, I loved it. I really think that it could have been a, a really good path for me. It's just, again, for women's basketball, the money is nothing, which is not everything, but we've got to live. You got to pay um, the bills. Yeah. You got to pay. And it's just, you know, I wasn't in a very good working environment as far as with the other adults, unfortunately. Um, And this is when I started to really experience some symptoms that I wasn't used to. So I only knew how to work out one way. If I was dealing with anything stress-wise, you know, life-wise, for me, working out was, you know, it's as much as a mental and emotional release as it is a physical. So I only knew to work out one way, which is like balls to the wall, like, if you're not close to puking and you push to the wall, all of these things that we had, like we did to stay in shape. Right. Um, but I noticed like it wasn't really quote unquote working like it used to. I noticed like I was just so fatigued. Mm. Um, I was really, really high stressed. Um, I just felt like emotionally a little out of control and I wasn't sure. I don't know how to describe that. I just did not feel like myself. I I can resonate with that though, Amy, because it's like, you're already in a transition of some kind anyways, like your mm-hmm. life as you knew it has changed and you're, it's not like it was like easy to step back into the world. And so then you're like trying different careers out. And then also the way you train isn't working the way it used to. Mm-hmm. And also like you, our bodies are getting older. Like there is this weird mm-hmm. thing. Cause I was an athlete too. And then like you hit 30 and you're like, wow, I can't do two a days anymore. Should mm-hmm. I be doing two a days? But like, right. I also don't know a different way. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you're kind of going like th- in, in your health and your workouts and every part of your life, everything is different and out of control. Mm-hmm. So of course you're going to feel stressed yeah. and all these things. And it's, it's hard to articulate when you're in it. Absolutely. Um, and so I started to go to a couple of doctors for some help and, you know, just kept getting the all, uh, eat less and work out more. Duh. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, I just really felt like in my experience, um, you know, after seeing multiple doctors, I started to, to lose my hair. I started, my hair was thinning. I just noticed all of these things. And I was like, God, I just, I just feel off. Right. I just feel off. Um, I went, I was just, you know, as we do, I was like on Google and this and that. So I, I read that a dermatologist could help with hair. So I went to a dermatologist who told me I was prematurely balding at 33. And I was like, are you sure? Like, is it like, 
really? Um, and so I end up going to an endocrinologist who, um, one of the top in, in, in the field for Oregon. Um, and, uh, I had gone to the ER because I had, I have nosebleeds or I had nosebleeds that I couldn't get stopped. So I had to go to the ER. And when I leaned back for them to, to basically cauterize my nose, I have two huge nodules in my neck. And the guy was like, have you gotten those checked out? And I said, no, I didn't even know that they were there. Whoa. So I went to this endocrinologist, we did an ultrasound and she's like, yep, you've got Hashimoto's. And I was like, oh, okay, what, well, what's Hashimoto's? And she's like, well, it's an autoimmune um, disorder where your body is attacking your thyroid tissue because it thinks that there's a foreign invader, something's going on. I'm like, okay, well, does this explain, you know, because a lot of times Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism go hand in hand. So does this explain me having cold hands and feet? So poor circulation, does this explain me losing hair? Does this explain me gaining weight specifically around my midsection? Does this explain me feeling like I'm losing my GD mind? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, great. So like, what do we do about it? And she goes, nothing. No. We wait, we wait until your body attacks your thyroid so much that it doesn't work anymore. And then we will start hormones. That and, is not an option. That is, so you just have I to suffer? <laughs> I think it's really interesting because, you know, the way that I was raised too is like, well, she obviously knows more than me, right? Because she's a doctor. Yeah. And so I walked away from that feeling obviously very, defeated. And also the way that I approach things as an athlete is like, I'm going to control it as much as I possibly can. So what can I do? What can I do? Not knowing the things that I was doing were probably escalating it. Mm, yeah. Um, and so it, it was about two years later that I, we had some people over for Memorial day and I got incredibly sick. And I literally remember like shutting the door, like saying our goodbyes. And as soon as I shut the door, I just started crying. And I just said, I can't live the rest of my life like this. Something is wrong. Something is off and I need help. Yeah. And from that day forward, that has been my mission. And now that I have more information, um, because Hashimoto's is my actual, that's my second autoimmune disorder. Um, and with thyroid related disorders, illnesses, whatever. It's so common. And there's just so much that goes into it. And a lot of it kind of goes against the grain of like our, our diet culture, workout culture, and all of that. So there's so much mental and emotional stuff that's tied up into that. Um, you know, the two a days or, you know, anyway, working out, eating less, all of that. So once I kind of started on my own health journey, um, I've now made it my mission to help other women not feel alone mm. and really to feel like themselves again, because I really think the biggest thing that's missing right now in like our standard medical care system is that we're just, there's no empathy. I don't think we're even being heard. Yeah. And of course, you know, I think a lot of times, which is okay. I'm not saying anything is wrong with medication, but I do think we have to also be aware of everything else that goes into the healing process besides support for medication. Yeah. Um, I have absolutely nothing against it. If it, if it helps people, I, I am on it, but it, that's not the only thing that we can't just pop a pill and it be okay. We can't just pop a pill and not address our stress levels. You're, you know, that's just it. And like, I think, um, 
you know, some, one of my, my previous uh, assistant was amazing and she actually teaches people on how to be their own health advocate or how to be an advocate for others. Yes. And I think we all, like, I'm sure maybe generations younger than us, maybe they, um, they are wise and all knowing that the doctors, (laughs) they come out knowing that no one knows what they're doing. Um, (laughs) but we, I grew up like the doctor knows they know everything. They went to school. They're the most educated person. Absolutely. And I had similar like health issues where like they literally like, well, you have IBS. So just, you know, eat like this. Don't eat these things. I'm like, those are very nutritional things. I think I'm probably supposed to eat those, Um, (laughs) you know, and if I wasn't my own advocate, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably be dead right now, to be honest, because I was just like suffering so much. And it was my nutritional levels were so bad um, Mm -hmm. that I like had no B12, no vitamin D, all these things. I think I would probably be divorced and 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 a shell of a a human. So I want to go back to something, though, because you've made this Mm -hmm. mission to like really help women who are going through Mm this (laughs) because you're going through this. I think the question is like, how do, how, how, what were the first steps or what were the steps that you mm-hmm. took to help other women go through something that you yourself were still learning? Cause I do think a lot of listeners get stuck in that. They're like, well, I'm not the expert yet, so I can't mm-hmm. do the thing that I'm feeling called to do. And you were like, mm-hmm. I'm being called to do this. So how did you do that? How did you kind of wrap your head yeah. around that? Well, I think to, you know, it really started with obviously my own getting my own ish together and I don't have it together, but <laughs> I do have a, not, a lot of knowledge around it. I do have a, a lot of knowledge around what works for me and what doesn't, which I feel like provides a lot of, I don't know, security or when we feel out of control and we don't know what's causing what it's like, we just go down this rabbit hole of symptoms or what did I eat? What did I not eat? How did I move? What did I do different here? And that's all I used to do. And it was just so time consuming and energy sucking and defeating. So I think really for me, the first step was if anybody is out there, find a doctor of some sort that's going to support you and has experience in whatever, if you do know your diagnosis or don't know, I found a naturopath that it like changed my life and I'm still with her today. Um, I think that's your first step. Um, I think me going on my own health journey and then feeling a little bit better always helps to like feel like I have capacity to help other people. Yeah. And I really think that the health journey is all it is is a trial and error. I think we get so stuck in doing the right and wrong things that it just it just like destabilizes us and it's just trying this, seeing how this works. How does your body feel in this? Hey, if it doesn't feel good here, let's, let's tweak it and try, try this. And like, just keep continuing to do that along the way with the intention of healing your body or with the intention of supporting your journey, supporting your body. And that, I think we just, we've got to be a little bit more flexible in our thinking and, and what we are willing to, to try and, and not try, or, you know, really not get stuck in what diet worked for her, for your best friend mm-hmm. and it's not working for you now. I think we really get stuck in, in food specifically Yeah, where I think that we don't always need to be, we don't need to always label how we eat as a diet. It's just how we eat. Yeah. We don't need to be in a specific lane all the time. And I think that, so yeah, I would just say just being a couple steps ahead, those couple steps make a really big difference for somebody else. And I yeah. always tell myself, if I could help this person feel 10% better, how would their life improve? Because when I was at my rock bottom, when I shut that door 
and said goodbye and started crying, I would have given anything to feel a little bit better, or I would have given anything to have a little bit more knowledge around what the hell is going on with my body. Yeah. Um, I thank you for sharing that. Cause I do, I, I do believe like people think that they have to be 15 steps ahead of the people that they're going to help. And it's like, you just have to be a couple steps ahead. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because 15 steps ahead is like, you know, I know like when I look at like, let's just talk about, we're on a podcast. You're listening to this. Some of the people I look up to have like a thousand episodes. I'm like, that is overwhelming. That is like, yes, mm-hmm. it's yes. Inspiring. Yes. It's showing me the, what's possible, but also like to think to go from I don't know what episode this is going to be while we're recording it, but it's at least a hundred and I don't know, eight. And, oh, that's awesome. you know, and so that, that feels like a big gap, but I was just talking to somebody yesterday who has 300 episodes and he was giving me some tips and those felt very doable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's only a few steps ahead of me. Right. So, um, I, I love that you shared that. And I also think it's like, not to underestimate like the power that you can help someone, even if it's a couple percentage, you know, it's a little bit. Yeah. And then you're, because you're working on yourself, you're getting a couple more steps ahead. And so you're bringing right. everybody with you. Right. So, um, thank you for sharing that. And I also think, you know, um, and I don't know, you'll have to tell me how long it was for you, but I don't think a lot of people give the things that they're trying not enough time absolutely not. <laughs> you know, like Jen Pike has been on our podcast before. She says, when it comes to your hormones, it's a hundred days. So the things we're doing, you're like, you don't get to even tell me anything for a hundred days. Like maybe you're going to feel better right away. But the reality is, is like, it's going to take some time because the, you know, like the stuff we did has already affected what's happening right now. <laughs> right. You know, it's taken us, you know, for a lot of clients or people that are around me or, or that I work with, it's probably, you know, mid thirties, forties, it's taken we've been through a lot of shit by now. Mm-hmm. It's taken us a while to get here. And I don't think we realize, just like you said, our habits and actions and everything, it, it's all led up to this. So in, you know, thinking back, we didn't necessarily get away with eating and drinking and moving a certain way. It's just where we've kind of caught up to this moment and in this moment. And so, yeah, in our twenties, we, I feel like we're always in this comparison mode, but you have a family now we have responsibilities it looks different now you know our stress level is so incredibly high mm-hmm. and we keep addressing everything as well it's not i mean it's not too high it's probably normal right <laughs> no it's absolutely not and we we don't realize that all of that that it, how that is affecting our health and even you know my clients i work with one on one six months is probably the baseline. Mm-hmm. And that's just getting started. Mm-hmm. And I think that people feel like at the beginning, at the starting line, like six months, like, oh my gosh, that's so long. But we're talking about the rest of your life. Yeah. Six months is nothing. And and I'm not trying to like- It's like diminish or- feel be- bad. Yeah. yeah, make you feel bad. But like, we're just getting started. Oh, uh, we're yeah. We're just getting started. This, and, and I think that we just have this- you know, I think getting ready for a wedding or getting ready for a vacation or whatever, there's always a start and an end and a start and an end, which is creating this yo-yo dieting culture mindset. And it literally like indicates it like as a, our blood pressure is going up and down, up and down, up and down, which is so hard on our body. We've got to instill some consistency within our, our health, within our life. And that comes with time. 
we, we never give anything enough time. And if we would just do really tiny things like tiny steps and did them consistently for 90 days, for a hundred days, for six months, for a year, we, we discredit the amount of momentum we could build by yeah. just doing small things. We, we think we have to start the diet on Monday. Mm-hmm. We think we have to, you know, start working out five days a week, no excuses, all of this kind of language, which yes, it worked for us at one time. And I was a part of all of that. Um, but if we are going to be sustainable over our life and you are dealing with health issues and you have stress in your life and, 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 and you're a woman, um, right. we have to find a different way. There has to, well, there's like space and grace. It's like, I think you you mentioned it before, like there's comparison in there. We're comparing ourselves to like other people, even our own age. And it's like, like specifically, specifically for you, you have two autoimmune diseases. You said just like mm-hmm. two of two. That's a lot. Like one's mm-hmm. a lot. Two is different. Right. So you can't compare yourself to someone who doesn't have any, mm-hmm. just like I can't compare myself to somebody who never, who never had an injury or never like, and I think we're wasting a lot of time there. We're also not giving ourselves credit for what we did do to get here. Right. And, absolutely. and, you know, you said it earlier, like six months sounds like a long time, but like, I dealt with stomach issues for 10 years, mm-hmm. 10 years. And so I can say now that I am like six years post, like I actually got the diagnosis. I actually figured out the thing now when I have a flare up, I'm like, Oh, I know exactly what the trigger is. Yes. I'm stressed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm stressed out and I am not being kind to my body. I need to bring everything, all the yes. cortisol down where, and you know, I am, um, I ended up even using this tracking app, um, for my cycle because mm-hmm. I film for workouts. So I'm, there are some weeks where I'm filming 14 workouts, which in the grand scheme of things, it's like an hour of workout. So I, so I, it's like the workout for the day. Right. Um, but I should not be doing that one of the weeks of every month that week. Yeah. I should not be doing that. I should be like, okay, I can go for my walks. I can do, you know, a light run, but I'm not going to like push myself. It needs to be low impact, really kind in my body, stretchy stuff. And so once I changed once I had that information, I changed when I was working at, when I was filming my inflammation and my stomach issues also went down. And so yeah. it's these things that like, we, sometimes we take things that like, that's just how it is. And other times we think like, right. Oh, that's too long. I don't have that kind of time. But to your credit, it's like, once you have the information you start to have the healing process, then you have your whole life ahead of you. And like, that's going to be a lot longer than the six months of like yeah. having to trial and error and figure things out. Yeah. I think there's just so much reassurance and and really getting to know your body. And I, you know, I think we talk so much about things that are um, common, but they're not normal. So your body is talking to you all the time and we've got to start listening. We have to, we cannot push it aside and just keep pushing forward. I'll sleep later. I'll, I'll put myself first later. Right. Or when, when this ends, then, you know, when summer starts, whatever that is, because if you are having awful periods, your body's screaming at you. If you are having bloating, gassing, women, if you are not pooping every day, your body is telling you something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so many things that I think that, you know, for a long time, I just thought, well, my cramps feeling awful for, for the first, you know, day or two of my period or the week up to, it's just how my mom experienced it. That's just how it is for me. Absolutely not. We are not ma- meant to feel in discomfort most of our life. Right. 
Um, and so I think really starting to listen to your body and that is the information that we can work with. So can we talk about that? Cause I think that that is a really important thing that some people are like nodding, like, like I listen to my body. And then there's the perfectionist and overachievers listen to like, but wait, like, what does that mean? How do I do that? So you mentioned got to poop every day, ladies. You also yeah. mentioned like serious cramps, like yeah, people like, Oh, I have PCOS or I have this. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but even people with that don't have to have the worst cramps. There right. are still things that you can do. So you, you, Absolutely. I mean, I under, cause I used to have a friend, I had a friend of my apprentice. I remember she was only going to the bathroom once every two weeks and she was right. going to the doctor for this. And the doctor was like, you just have a really lazy colon. And she's like, I got that. You didn't, I don't need your medical opinion for that. She's like, I should not have a lazy colon though. How do I make my colon faster? My colon is not inherently lazy. It's not a choice. (laughs) It's not on the couch watching Netflix. Like what do we need to do here? So what are some other, like, what are some, maybe they're not easy, but what are some ways that people could listen to their body? Do they journal? Like, is there an app? Mm -hmm. Like what tool did you use to start listening to your body and paying attention to signs? Um, I think my, I mean, my awareness is pretty high. I've been listening to my body for a while as an athlete. I had to, to Mm -hmm. make sure we're good to go, you know, all of that. But I mean, I think journaling is, is a great form. I think really listening to podcasts, listening or books, information. Um, Elisa Vitti has a great book in the flow, um, about women's cycle, about even like you were saying, how do you, how can we move within our cycle to really support our cycle? How can I eat within my cycle to really support a cycle? So I think if you're experiencing any discomfort, I would just note that. Mm -hmm. Or if I imagine my health is like optimal, you know, I imagine myself like walking through a beautiful field and, you know, the sun shining and I just feel my absolute best. What does that look like? It, does that look like I don't have heartburn anymore? Mm. Does that look like I don't have awful periods? Does that look like, you know, my hair isn't thinning? Mm-hmm. Does that look like I don't feel cold all the time? Or I feel like I'm in control of my body and I'm not just gaining weight all of a sudden. I don't know why. You know, what is that? What is that perfect-ish health look like for mm-hmm. you? And what symptoms are you experiencing that you would like to either reduce or eliminate? Yeah, I like that. I think because that's like that allows every single listener to choose it for themselves. And you're not comparing my loves because that's not going to get you. You can't like everyone's going to have something that's a different optimal health. But I do think that like, you know, uh, like so if you're listening to this, if you heard any symptoms that she mentioned there, you're like, oh, I have heartburn. Like you don't have to have heartburn and mm-hmm. you don't have to take the Prilosec or whatever it's called to like get rid of it every time you eat. Like there are things, you know, and holistic doctors, like I love mine. She's, she's been on the podcast right. before. And like, there's things I'm like, oh, I just live with this. And she's like, no, you don't Not actually. <laughs> and it's just, it's just really, it's about what can we do in specifically with heartburn? Your body is just telling you, there is a need for some functional support there. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, and so what can we do to get your body to start performing digestively a little bit more optimally so that we are not only reducing you taking any like, you know, Prilosec or PPI, anything like that, 
Um, but we want to reduce the heartburn because it's just an indication that your body is not properly digesting, which is everything. Right. And that's all your nutrition and all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Just another, it's just another symptom. It's just another way of your body saying, and it's, you know, there's no shame around our symptoms. Yeah. And I think we really need to step away, step back from that. Um, even weight gain, that's a symptom of something, right? Weight loss is a symptom of something. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's figure it out. And, you know, I don't think, you know, a lot of time we keep going back to, well, I ate this. I didn't eat that. I can't eat this because this causes that. Um, It's it's a matter of function and really supporting that Mm -hmm. rather than having to pick out which foods that you can and can't eat for the rest of your life. Yeah. So we really need to get down to the root of what's going on um, and just say, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. I'd like some relief in these areas or more knowledge around these areas and let's make a plan to move forward. But because you're experiencing something, you are not doing anything wrong. We just need to get more knowledge around what the heck is going on and understand that there is hope for some relief. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I didn't feel like I had a lot of hope. It was something that I had to deal with. And so I would get so hard on myself for doing this or doing that. And then my symptoms would pop up or symptoms would pop up. Yeah. And I felt like I would personally attack myself for, <laughs> for doing this and that. So let's, let's try to take that off of there as well and just look at it as information. And that can direct us on where we need to go. That's yes. All of the yeses, because I, um, you know, I was, while you're talking, I was thinking like so many of these listeners are moms. And mm-hmm. 100% if their kid was saying something hurt or burned or they're tired, they would be like figuring out all the things yeah. that would go on to make sure that that was not there. But when it comes to our own bodies, we excuse it away or, oh, it's just because I ate that or, oh, I shouldn't have ate that. And I know I shouldn't eat that. And that's why it was. It's like we're not mm-hmm. taking the same care to to make sure that our bodies, which are the vessels that you need to continue to be the parent to your the person you love. Mm-hmm for as long as you can, um, as seriously. And I think like we, that, that we all could to be change that. And also I hear you saying a lot of things like being kind, mm-hmm. being really kind to yourself, um, because your body's just trying to tell you something and it's not like you or did anything wrong. And I love what you said about the symptoms. Like I think it's amazing. So currently Amy, um, you know, mm-hmm. before we wrap this up, what are you right now? Is there anything that you are being it till you see it? Like, are you taking new steps, new leaps? Like how, how are you, um, how is this mission going for you and what are you doing that maybe you've never done before, but you're working on figuring it out? Yeah. Well, I mean, I literally just yesterday found out I finished my restorative wellness practitioner certification. You guys, I can test poop now and I'm so excited. (laughs) I know not many people would be like, what are you talking about? And I actually, I have nothing to do with it, but so um, you can can ask, you can get the test for the people to send the poop to the place. Do you actually, yes. So I can now offer, it's called the GI map and I can now offer an MRT, which is not a food sensitivities test. It's a test to see what foods are causing inflammation in your body, which is really what we, we want to get that inflammation down. So with that GI map, we, we can have, we can see the good bacteria, the not so good bacteria. We can see inflammation. We can see autoimmune activity and we can, we can really pair that with that MRT test so that we can have a plan to see, Hey, this is what's going on inside of your gut. Everybody wants to talk about gut health. Well, let's look inside your dang gut. Mm -hmm. And this really, really will help with, um, 
I mean, everything lives in our gut. It's our second brain. Um, it has a ton to do with our thyroid um, functioning, um, our you know HPA axis, all of that. So I, I, I am pursuing a deep dive into really finding out what's going on for people, so we can try to get to some root causes and really see where we need to support um, overall function and digestively. Too. So cool. And I think that that'll just be kind of a waterfall effect for most people's symptoms. So I am so excited. I think this is going to be a game changer. I cannot even wait. Healing. I cannot even wait for my husband to listen to this. And he like, yeah. like he's like, all of a sudden it's like all this stuff and health and it's great and be kind. And it's like, I'm excited because I said to test poop now. Like yep. he's going to laugh so hard. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, Oh my gosh. This is amazing, Amy. Um, I'm really excited for our listeners to hear this and I can't wait to hear um, how they take away. But um, before we let you go, we have to get your beat action items after this brief message. Be It Till You See It is brought to you by Brad and I going Woo. to Cambodia. That's right. And you too. you got to come with us. Yeah, we're going to be there for a retreat uh, this year, the end of this year from October 30th for five days through November 4th. Yeah, and here's the deal. So we set it up specifically so you can leave work, get on a plane, you arrive in Cambodia, we do Pilates every day, we do breath work, we do goals coaching, we're gonna tour temples, we need amazing food, need to stay in our house, and space is really limited because it's at our house. Yeah, it's at our house. And for those of you who do math, like me, it's six days, not five. I just did it on my fingers, like, oh yeah, right? Uh, so He's the- really excited. <laughs> Um, we can only take 20 people. Yeah. Okay. So space is extremely limited. Everybody's really been telling us how much they want to join us. Yeah. So do not wait. Get yourself on the uh, wait list for this. Actually, we're past the wait list. Get yourself on the... Uh, Get on the landing page. I yeah. Sign up spot. for this. Uh, go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash retreats. Yeah. So if you have questions, feel free to ask, DM us everything. I understand Cambodia seems like it's really far away. I promise you, once you are there, it is amazing. It is out of this world incredible. And this is our first retreat since our last retreat, which was in March of 2020. Yeah. So we are excited. Our team there is so enthusiastic to welcome us back. They can't wait. And the place looks amazing. Anyways. I just spent a full month there preparing for this retreat. And I'm telling you, a, I'm so excited. Our place is ready to go and it's really exciting. All you need to do is get yourself there. We will pick you up from the airport. We will take you to where you're going to stay. And then you're going to be able to eat with us, practice with us, hang with us all week long. This is, it's, not, this is not one of those retreats where they only feed you two meals a day. We feed no, you. You're with us all week. Once we arrive and kick this retreat off, it's dinner Sunday and then three meals a day until Friday morning we eat breakfast and we take you to the airport and to wherever you want to go, whether it's back home or maybe you go somewhere else because once you're in Southeast Asia, you can keep going. You can, yeah. But uh, lock your spot in today by uh, making your deposit. Go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash retreats. See you in Cambodia. Okay, Amy, how can people find you, follow you, get to know you more? Sure. Um, I'm on Instagram um, at Coach Amy Ray. And you can email me at amyraynutrition at gmail.com. The website is getting a beautiful reboost, which will be done in a couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, and then I also have a podcast as well called The Chronic Athlete. Um, and really just featuring stories of resilience, inspiration, and all things wellness, just to you know, show proof that it can be done and is exactly what you're doing as well. So, oh, I love that so much. Okay. Well, that's cool because 
Um, we definitely have some, some athletes that are listening. And also I had a girl on, I'll have to connect you. I'll have to look it up. Mm -hmm. She actually, um, was a D one athlete as well. And then she wrote a book on like, how do you like go into life? After oh my being gosh. A- that's so needed. The transition is so, yep. Yeah. So I'll, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll find oh, her episode and I'll connect you too. Cause like, yeah, it's amazing. Okay. Before we let you go, bold, mm-hmm. executable, intrinsic or targeted steps people can take to be it till they see it. What do you have for us? Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about this and I just listened to, to a message the other day. And I think really identifying and getting over our fear of failure. Mm. And I think really just going, just going after it, right. Whether it's your health, whether it's your career, whether it's your family, whether it's just getting to know yourself and understanding that if we are in pursuit of something with intention, there, there really is no failure, right? There's only going to be maybe learning lessons along the way. But if we're not ever pursuing anything, obviously we're not going to be growing. But I think the pursuit is something is really what starts to open more doors in your life. Mm-hmm. It starts to create that momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we can look at it as more of an opportunity in our p- pursuit rather than the lens of failure mm-hmm. of something, um, and really focus on the process rather than the outcome, right? So a lot of people come with the goal is, is weight loss, which is great. But what else can we get out of the process? Yeah. What else can we get out of, of you taking that step forward for yourself and your health? Mm-hmm. Just, just, you know, in that pursuit of intention. So I think really letting go of that, that lens of fear of failure yeah. and pursuing everything with, with that lens of opportunity. Oh, I love this. I love those so much. Thank you. That is, those mm-hmm. are amazing and unique and I love them. Um, y'all, how are you going to use these tips in your life? Co- um, you're going to tag coach Amy, Ray and the be it pod and let us know post this on your social so we can see your takeaways we can shout you out so we can share it so we can also just see what you're up to and also what's resonating um if you're like i don't know how to do that then text this message that this podcast to a friend um that is not only how we get um amy's message out it's also how podcasts get heard and the you have no idea how every single download matters so every Mm -hmm. single one of you listening to this it really does matter to all of us um because we can't do this without you so we want to know um how you're using this in your life tag us both and until next time be it till you see it of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of As The Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. 
Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to our designer Jaira Mandal for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast, and our digital producer Jay Pedroso for editing all the video each week so you can. And to Angelina Herico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.